0: Hello and welcome back to the A340 podcast. My name is Alex Catalano. Today, Alex Miller. We're well into the top eight with the season reviews, and we are talking about the GWS Giants.
1: Yes, uh, very big year for the Giants. Expectations like the team that we'll get to next uh, next episode. We're we're very sort of uh, skewed. We didn't think they were going to make the eight, but somehow Leon uh, did enough with this mob, and they had a pretty good year from some good players and some good wins, which we'll get into, Cat.
0: Alex Doherty, we spoke to some lads in the preseason who were convinced that the Giants were going to be winning the flag. Uh, that obviously didn't eventuate, but shout out to our good mates, the Squinters, yes. who are probably the most one-eyed and
2: probably the only Giants fans I've ever met. Yeah, I, I can safely say they're the only Giants fans I've ever met, Cat, um, and and actually the only Giants fans for some reason, um, <laughs> apart from the fact that they had predicted them to win the flag. But well, actually, they were closer than any of us. I think we we didn't have. Them. Mm exactly, making the eight after the year they had last year, sort of, um, towards that back end especially, they sort of just, the wheels fell off and, you know, we just, we just thought, well, oh, a bit more of the same, but, you know, full credit to Leon Cameron, especially after the start they had, you know, they were quite poor, I think they were 0-3 after the first three weeks and to get to where they were, they finished seventh, um, won, won the um, elimination final week one and... I think there's nothing but good things for the Giants uh, heading into 2022. Yeah, I think
0: when we look at the year they had, Miller, it's sort of the opposite sentiment to what we said about the Eagles, where we're all expecting them to make finals, they missed out. The Giants, none of us had them there, but they they did make it, and even more over to that, they sort of had the opposite thing, where their depth was tested, and it actually kind of held up. We were talking a bit about some of the young boys before we, we began recording, and they seriously stepped up uh, throughout the year.
1: Yeah, it was, it was a tough year for the Giants, like a couple of cl- clubs injury wise. But to finish eleven and ten and, and and make the eight was something that was a real credit to this group. And yeah, we saw a lot of players sort of emerge and come out of nowhere. We saw, um, you know, Zach Sprout, one of our favourite stock, finally get some games and played quite well in these games. Locky Locky Ash got a really good run of it. Finally in the middle of the year. Um, and then just a lot of other fringe players that just got a bit more opportunities. Avery Halloran played 17 games this year, which was good. Only played two uh, the season prior. And um, Jacob Hopper obviously had a career best year. And Isaac Cumming, Cat, who we briefly spoke about before we started. Um, what
0: are you here at? Yeah, he was fantastic. Really, all the boys that they had playing down in the back line, I thought, were outstanding, the young, the young guys. Uh, he played, as we said, 10 games before this year, and then he played every single game across the season, Doc. But it was really the story of a lot of those young guys, like we said. coming 24 games, Hopper 23, Lucky Ash 23, Connor Iden 23. Um, Sam Taylor managed to get himself back on the path, fully fit for 19 games as well. Uh, so that's probably, for me, the biggest positive out of the year is just these young boys that have kicked on so incredibly quickly.
2: Yeah, absolutely, Cat. I think you're spot on. And um, I, I, I just want to say as well, you know, even some of the other guys that we haven't actually mentioned, um, Jack Buckley, I thought, had played a, mm. a really good year up until he uh, injured his ACL. So it, it was a big blow. I thought he was quite good as a, as a, a future pillar down back. Um, and, and as well, uh, Matt Flynn, he made his debut round one. And Flinny. I <laughs> I thought he, I thought he did some really good things all throughout the year. Um, sort of playing that pitch hitting uh, ruck forward option, and and as well, uh, um, you know, so so many other so many other kids. It, 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 it's it's a bright future ahead for GWs. I, I really like the, the direction they're going, and and what whilst we're sort of on the, that direction, Jesse Hogan boys, he, first year player, didn't play many games. Only the nine, only the nine games in twenty twenty one, but. 20 goals 9 is a pretty decent return Miller, for somebody who we all know has had a lot of troubles both on field and off and you know for i i, I don't think i can speak highly enough about you know the year he's had
1: yeah well like you said it's a good return isn't it, Doc, from a guy who you know when he came in no one thought he's gonna play much for you at all and he had a good year 20 and 9 first time he he's kicked out uh, 20 plus since 2018 so um for a fair while in between uh, drinks for him, but a very strong year. And and Harry Himmelberg, speaking on key forwards, Mm. uh, had a very good year. Caddy, 24 games, 36 goals, 19, and career highs across the board was very impressive.
0: Yeah, bouncing back last year, he kicked 15 and 16 games. So back to that 2019 form where he was really strong and one of the real key pillars up there, I think it's what you want to see in a young forward, can bounce back and find a bit of consistency and a bit of form again. Yep. Um, I definitely liked what he brought this year, young Harry. He's coming into 25 now, so he's starting to hit his prime and should be getting around that 40-goal, 50-goal mark Uh, next year if he keeps kicking on the way he's been going. Mm. Um, in terms of wins, though, boys, we like to look at the best wins for the good of the year. There's a few games we could sort of look at for the Giants where they really stood up. The first one that comes to mind for me, Doc, was that incredible effort from Josh Kelly late in the game against the Swans. It was a very... Low-scoring defensive affair all the way through, and the Giants sort of kicked their way back into it in the last quarter. And we all remember that play in that final contest mm. inside fifty, and Kelly just burst out and snapped the goal. That for me probably stands out as the most
2: memorable win for them across the year. Yeah, well, any any win over your um your crosstown rivals is considered a great win, especially <laughs> in circumstances like that. Um, the Battle uh, of the Bridge. The Battle of the Bridge. Don't know why they hit, don't know why they persist to call call it with that, but um, we'll we'll we'll, we'll battle on with it. Um, I, I really liked the game against uh, Geelong late in the year, boys. I think think um kept kept thinking about that as you know one of the best wins they've had. You know all, mm. all round uh, just you know their backs were against the wall. They had a lot of players out with injury and and suspension when just uh, it was a quite young and inexperienced list, and they. St- they blew, they blew, them out of the blocks early, and mm. you know, there was always going to be a spirit of Geelong fight back. And I, th- I think for mine, that's a they, they just managed to hold on. There were quite, a, quite a few players that I thought played superb in in that game in particular. You know, Sam Taylor wore, wore Hawkins like a glove all game long. Isaac Cumming, as you said, he had a, a career best year. I thought that was one of his best games, uh, bar none. Um. And and as well, Toby Green was was in the thick of it as always, um, just at, at his best. So that that for me against a, a top four team, you know, and at that stage, GWS hadn't even uh, booked their booked their ticket to September yet. They were still no. they were still fighting for one of those last two spots. So for me, that that that's that stems out to me a, 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 as a defining win for mine for the Giants. Yeah,
1: I uh, I went with the Melbourne win boys over them by nine points. I thought that uh, the Giants did really well that day, and a lot of their leaders stood up that game in particular. Kelly had a great game. Uh, Tom Green had a really good game, coming of age sort of this season was really fantastic. And I if he wasn't injured, he would have got the rising star. Cal Ward as well was good in that game, and uh, you know Toby Green as per you know just always standing up when they need to be. So that was a great win for mine over the D's.
0: Toby Green is probably a guy you can put under the good and the bad category though, Miller. Uh, He was fantastic this year. Equal career-high 45 goals, Um, but as we know, uh, missed those games through suspension and things like that. Only ended up playing the 18 when realistically he should have played every game this year. Um, He was, you know, he stood up when he took the captaincy, which was fantastic to see Mm -hmm. that he's got that that in him. And the young boys obviously looked to him as a leader, but when it comes down to it, he still did a lot of silly things throughout the year and he's gonna be missing the first couple of games of this year as well because of that contact with the umpire in the semifinals. So um I, I don't know whether to put him in the good or bad category. Yeah, it's a tough call cat. Look, he hasn't he actually hasn't played a full
1: season boys in, in five years. The last time he played twenty three games was uh twenty sixteen. So it's been a fair old crack for Toby. I suppose the thing that's really highlighted to me, Doc, is his scoring opportunities. 45 goals, yes, but 41 behind. So that's 86 scoring shots to previous seasons are are in the 30s and 70s. And uh, this is definitely the highest he's ever had. So he's definitely getting his shots on goal, which is outstanding. And ranked elite for a half forward with disposals, his tackles, his goals is obviously outstanding. So there's no question that Toby Green is one of, if not the best small forward in the comp.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I, I think to me, he's uh, he's such a, perpe- a perplexing player because, you know, he's had a lot of history with the dogs especially. And, you know, the, the common dog supporters will, will hold him in high respect as public enemy number one. Um, <laughs> but I, I I just can't help but watch how he plays the game and just be f- feel so admired when he's not, you know, when he's not being a dickhead. He's, he's, he's just so smart. He's intelligent with, you know, with how he reads the play. And he... He always has. He always knows where the goals are. Like you can put him in any any little angle inside fifty, and he'll always seem to find a way to, to um at least jag it more often than not. And yeah, it just that 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 incident. It was the I think it was the elimination final. Um, where where he charged into the umpire. That was just so stupid. And it was very strange. Yes, and and I don't understand why the AFL sort of sort of try to push for him to have a longer band. Like I sort of understand, but at the same time, I thought what he had initially was, was, was fair enough. I think it was four weeks. It got, got bumped up to six. Um, so it's, uh, this. if he can stamp out that sort of nonsense, then he'll be, he'll be held in high respect. Uh, you know, in not just one of the best players at GWS, but the, one of the best players in the modern era, one of the best forwards, especially because you know, these small small forwards don't kick 40 50 goals as often as they used to i mean we, we we often refer back to players like eddie Betts and and the like but guys like guys like toby green they, they don't grow on trees the they, guy guys that can you know that lead up well yeah. good good he's, he's, he's actually quite a decent pack mark as well so he, he's a player that despite his size can almost do anything that a, that a star forward can yeah, and yeah, oh, it, it, it it just anno- it just annoys me to see to see him you know carry on like carry on in this manner because I I reckon he's a lot better than that hmm. he can be a I lot think, better I think he's him. spot on spot on Doc. he's he's
0: kind of limiting his own potential in a way by constantly getting into trouble and missing games <laughs> and we know he's had his injury issues as well in the past but. There's only so many excuses you can make, I guess, for the guys, so I'm hoping to see a clean clean run for for Toby. He was probably lucky to be in the All-Australian team when he ended up missing six games through the year, but deservedly so. He was probably, as we said, the best small forward in there, but had he missed a couple more games, he was every chance of not being in there. Um, But in terms of the the bad from the year, I suppose, uh, we were saying this before we started Miller, but... How a guy like Lockie Keefe gets more games in the side than our man Briggsy is uh, a bit beyond me because <laughs> really, you know, we've, we've talked a bit about how much the, the Giants rely on Shane Mumford and he's finally retired for good, it seems, after playing 14
2: games this year. So hopefully our man gets yeah, his don't, chance. Don't... But... don't... <laughs> Don't hold out on it, cat. I reckon they'll pick him up as a as a supplementary <laughs> pick uh, just on the eve of the season. I think.
0: Jesus
2: yeah, God. you never know. But seriously, I think you want
0: to you want to develop these young guys. You've got to give them games.
1: Hmm. Yeah, I totally agree, and I think that you know, Briggsy five games is not enough, and he, he could have played somewhere else. Look, if if they were looking for, a, they had a, they have an issue with key defenders at once. stage. could have played him down there. So. I don't buy into the excuse there's no room for him because there should be room over a 465-year-old in Shane Mumford. So, look, I think Briggsy, I mentioned as well, Kat, he's 22 now. He, he's got, you know, he hasn't played a lot of... He's only played five games, which are all this season, in his career. So, he needs more opportunities. He's a big guy. He, he works hard. Mm. Um, his numbers are pretty good. Ten touches a game, 17 hit-outs, five of those to advantage, and three and a half almost clearances. So... Look, I thought he was good in the output he, he got and the opportunities he played. But, yeah, and I suppose on that, another guy, Doc, who didn't get many chances is Jake Riccardi. He, he played the nine games this year, but was thrown everywhere. Was in the midfield at stages, then played forward pocket, then was played at half-back. So, it was sort of everywhere. But I don't know what his future is next year going into 2022.
2: Yeah, well, that's a, that's a good point. Uh, I, I think... We all know Jake Riccardi's best position is is down forward, but when you look at the options that they've got there, you know Hogan, Himmelberg, uh, finlesson has gone now, so I think there's a spot that opens up there. Good, but <laughs> but <it's, laughs> yes, in, indeed, it's good. Um, look, I would love to see him take this opportunity next year, but even then, you've got other other guys in there like Sprout uh, did did an admirable <clears> job, sort of pinch hitting and and playing playing as that ruck option as well, um, particularly late in the year. So and, and and ditto with Matt Flynn. So, look, I, I understand that uh, Leon's trying to find a, find a spot for him in this team. But if he if there's not going to be a if he if he can't clamp down a spot in this team next year, then he he's probably on the way out. He, he should hmm. he should he should seek a trade back to Victoria. Just uh, quickly uh,
1: on Sprout, doc. He played ten yeah. games. Uh, Eleven goals, five. He actually was ranked uh, in the elite category for key forward slash rucks in tackles, two point six per game, which is outstanding goal accuracy of sixty
2: four percent, which is elite. So he's definitely pulling his weight for sure. Yeah, well, it it, it was quite good, particularly towards that back end of the year. Um, uh, big sprowler. He was. Mm. I thought. I, I thought the game against Sydney in particular was 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 a, was a huge highlight. He kicked two goals. Um, from. From very minimal uh, touches, uh, only the eleven disposals, seven marks as well was was quite yep. was quite good. He was attacking the ball quite uh, consistently, so that was fantastic. I've just got some stats here, boys. I'd like to rattle off. I'd like, like to hear your thoughts here. Um, yes, ter- here we go. Uh, just so, go uh, just co- some good, some good. First of all, fifth in the comp for contested possessions, fourth in the comp for stoppage clearances. So, so uh, it speaks to me as like we all know, GWS is. Uh, uh, highlight. You know, GW's um trademark is their contested work, yep. but 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 as well, seventeenth uh, in the comp for marks inside 50, 12th for the comp for tackles inside 50 13th for disposal efficiency. That's the big one for me. Yeah. Um. We, uh, I, I know, we know that you know guys like uh Toronto Hopper, uh, even to a lesser extent, guys like Kelly, they're very very good um very good uh contested ball winners. But once they, once they get their hands on the ball, this it. And and I've seen it so often with how they play is that they just hack it on the boot and they don't give their forwards uh you know much of a chance you know Himmelberg's been forced to play higher up the ground a lot a lot more um to try and try and be that bailout option kick um so I am I'm, I'm I'm a little that's that's probably the biggest concern for mine for Jedo if they, if they're to make another step further next year they need to tidy up their disposals um, yeah the, the, the ball
1: use is key definitely for sure.
2: Yeah, I, yeah I just It's think...
0: interesting, they've probably got guys who are down on half-back, Doc, who could be those options delivering the ball nicely. I feel like I've talked a fair bit about the likes of uh, Harry Perryman um, and Lockie Ash, who are beautiful kicks to the footy, but they're, they're doing it off half-back. They're not delivering it inside 50, so maybe if one of those guys is moving up onto a wing could help to alleviate that issue a little bit.
2: Yeah, well... Well, that's the thing. Lockie Whitfield played uh, seventeen games, so he missed he missed about seven this year with 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 injury. So, and 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 we all know how how sublime he is on a wing or a half back. But we need when he needs more assistance. Uh, I I like Lockie Ash as a half back. I, I don't think pushing him up to the wing will help. I I I think I would lo- I wouldn't mind seeing Isaac Cumming push up on a wing. I I think yes. what he showed. What he showed uh, this year was was especially was especially good. You now we all know that he loves he loves gaining gaining meterage and he and he loves and he loves getting it as high and long as possible. You hmm. just need, we just he, we just need to find some class for this team. Yeah, well, I, I was, th- was going to oh, oh. I was just
1: quickly Kat. I was just going to say does that fall under Caniglio boys? And you know, there's questions obviously a lot about you know how that all transpired. He hasn't played more than. 18 games since 2019, played seven this year. It's hard really to judge his year, but I think, you know, obviously signing the big Basso seven-year deal, he's 27, <laughs> which means the deal will run till he's about 33, 34. He's 27, caps so he's meant to be in the prime right now, and they're not managing to get more than 18 games out of him. Mm. Is there already going to be questions about that re-signing, do you think?
0: Well, there were questions last year as soon as they did it. Um, particularly with the captaincy and mm. all that, as we discussed a fair bit. But yeah, I don't know. I think we'll, we'll see sort of Canelio this year. Mm. I think we've probably forgotten what he can do at his best. And at his best, he is an elite midfielder of the competition. So For I him, think yeah. if, he, if he gets back to that level this year, I think you'd have to try and remove some of those doubts. But whether he can get back to it or not is another question. Um, one of the last things I just want to fire off in the bed before we move on what to our most improved player of the year boys is Phil Davis is re-signing uh he earned mm. himself a one-year contract extension at the end of this year um what do you reckon Miller I'm curious because I, I yeah. think he probably should have hung up the boots after this year he looked a bit behind the pace um and I personally wouldn't have wouldn't have wanted to see Davis go on but they have re-signed him yeah well look it's a great great question you asked because I was actually going to
1: move on to him you know 10 games last year, 11 this season, so about 22. Obviously, had the calf troubles, which were in serious stats. Career lows across the board in every statistical category, from spoils to intercept marks to total disposals. So, look, he's definitely dropped off a bit, but there's no question. I think the thing with Phil Davis is his leadership and his, what he knows from a, a game point of view. Cat is something that's truly, you know, really remarkable, and I think that As i said many times, and as people know as we talk about the Giants and the captaincy comes up, I'm pretty surprised that Ward and him were moved on from it. But I still Mm. think that they both play an integral part. And same with Ward as well, Cat. Obviously, Ward had a really good statistical season. First time he's played a full year since his ACL, which is fantastic. Um, 22 touches a game, 15 goals, 5, which is outstanding from an inside mid. So he was good in... I think we'll see, you know, Davis will take a lesser role next year. And Cal Ward, I reckon we'll see more half-forward, cat, especially as we've Mm. seen Taranto and uh, Jacob Hopper take massive steps. Two guys that I love. And we know, Doc, that I I said Jacob Hopper was going to get the Braylor top votes and people were laughing. And I said, well, you will look and see. But outstanding season, 26 touches a game, three marks, three tackles, 6.3 clearances, opposed to his career average of 4.7, also 10 goals a game. Your just knowledge year.
2: knows no bounds, Alex Miller. Oh, how good was
1: he, doctor, this year? Just outstanding,
2: I thought. No, nah, he was it was brilliant, Hopper. And um, I'm with you. I've always sort of admired how his how he goes about his contested work, and you know, I, I think you you've, you've been a big critic of how he uses it in in past years. And I think, yep. uh, and and I and I tend to agree. I think he sort of tidied that up a little bit, uh, just a little bit. Uh, still, still a bit, still a bit of work to do, for, um, to improve it and become a, a full scale elite balanced midfielder, but. There's no, de- there's no doubt that he's that he is working hard to really establish himself as one of the top, top midfielders in the comp. Jacob Popper and yep. and uh, and I think even, even, I think he was in that squad of uh, squad of forty in the AA this year, wasn't he? He was, he was, he, and well so, deserving. Yeah, absolutely. I think it, I think it just goes to show. I think it just recognises how hard he is working just to to really sort of try and smooth those um those rough edges in his game. We'll get to the most improved
0: player now, boys. I'll throw it to you first, Doc. Uh, probably a lot of options we could go with for the Giants after this year, as we said earlier. A lot of guys stepping up. But who was your most improved season
2: twenty twenty one? Geez, I tell you what. Now I know how Alex Miller feels when he's um, <laughs> when, when, when he's when he's first doing these. Um, because now you really now you really put a bit of pressure on. I yeah, thought
0: um, so, so I put the heat on you this week, Doc, for a change. Yeah, geez, how nice are you, Kat? Um,
2: <laughs> uh, look, it, it is tough. Um, Isaac Cumming could be a really easy pick, but I think I, I'm going to go with Connor Iden. We haven't talked about him a lot this uh, mm. in this episode so far. I thought he, 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 play, he played all but one game this year, sort of as that third tall lockdown forward, and I thought he, his role at times this year was, was absolutely fantastic. The stats aren't going to jump off the page too much, but... The fact that he's played, you know, all most of the games this year. After how many games? He played one game in twenty nineteen. Played two games in twenty twenty, hmm. and and they were and those two games in twenty twenty were were the last two games of the year. So the fact that he's come in round one and has basically done a job, uh, pretty much from start to end for for, for Leon Cameron, the, the the Giants they were seventh in the competition for um, conceding the least amount of points and goals. Um, so that's. I, I think the, for the role he plays, it doesn't get recognised a lot. Um, Still only I, twenty-one as well, Doc. Just uh, oh yes, 21. 21 <laughs> as well. So uh, he's going to p- play such a huge piece for this GWS team going forward. You know, I, I think I heard you guys talking about Leo, uh, Phil Davis um, just before. You know, as I was sort of cutting in and out, the internet's a bit choppy here, but <laughs> I think we're, I think we're back now. Um, but I, I, I think you know Sam Taylor's going to be the core piece, but. I I think Connor Arden as well is going to be um, a really integral part uh, of this defensive six in in the next six to seven years. Yeah, it's a fair shout, Doc. I like that one. Miller, who are you going as your most
0: improved for the year?
1: Yes, look, well, we talked about these two guys just briefly, Taranto and Hopper, and I think it's hard to split the two. There was talk, obviously, about Sam Taylor, boys. I think the only reason that people realise that he was good is only because he played four games last year. The, the year before, when he played 22 games, he was still outstanding. So, look, Sammy Taylor could definitely put his hand up, but I think the media have been sucking on his big toes that much. They love him. <laughs> uh, so, look, I'm going to go with – I'll go Taranto. I think that we spoke about Hopper, and he might be uh, the next one in, in the next section. But, you know, Tim Taranto, plus three total touches – um, his marks went up by one. His tackles were the same. His clearances also went up. But this was the outstanding thing for me, Cat. Played every game, played 24 games opposed to 11 last year, 13 goals, which is a career high as well. So look, and there was that game where we spoke about with, you know, when they played Richmond and he kicked four goals and literally played as Toby Green's little rat uh, impersonator uh, operator, <laughs> which he did really well at. But I tell you what, Tim Turano is a player that he'll be the He'll be a giant for his career. He's achieved so much, and he loves the club. And I tell you what, if you're going for a fifty-fifty ball, I guarantee Tim Turano's coming out with it at the moment. He
2: didn't Ooh, want. He yes. didn't. didn't. Didn't want to talk about that game, did he?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Very begrudgingly. No, I love that call, mate. Well done. Um, I think I'm going to go with a boy who we've probably forgotten a little bit about. Um, I haven't mentioned too much in this episode, but he is one of our favourites, the thick boy, Harry Perryman. Yes. Um, I thought he had a very underrated season, the Pez. He's just kind of flying under the radar in his fifth season. Um, Should notch up the 100-game mark in about a year and a half. He's up at 70 now, but played the 18 games across the year. um, And I thought not only his work racking up the disposals down back, but his rebounding work boys took a Mm. huge, huge step this year. He went from 18 to 22 disposals average and went from two and a half rebounds to nearly five rebounds a game, Um, which to me just shows how much better he's using his disposal and his drive out of the back line. Uh, I think that role along the halfback is really working well for him. They've sort of thrown him around the midfield at times um, across the past couple of years, but I think he's really found his spot down there and Fantastic underrated year, he was massive in the the, uh, elimination final as well alongside his uh, young man partner in crime, Lockie Ash off the halfback flank. Those two are going to be very dangerous for years to come, I think. So I'm going to give it to the Pez as my most improved. The next category we've got, gentlemen, is the most valuable player for the season. Might be a hard one to
2: pick. This is an interesting one because I reckon there's about four or five giants that can actually uh, stake a claim as being the MVP. So I'm very interested to hear who you boys have have, uh, have nominated. You yeah. can start
1: this time, Cat. We'll put the heat on you, mate. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Your most valuable player for the season 2021. Who are you going with?
0: Look, I think um, we've talked about him heaps and as much, as much shit as we've given him, Toby Green, you can't go past what this man was able to do. This year, I think given a full year without the suspensions, he would have been even higher in heads and tails above everyone else. But he was just fantastic. And even outside of a footballing sense, his leadership took a whole new step this year. He was thrust into the captaincy role when basically the entire leadership group was injured. um, And he he took it on incredibly well. Uh, As we said before, his stats speak for themselves. 45 goals in 18 games, averaging just a touch over 17 disposals a game. You know, he's, 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 a tough, he's a tough man, Toby, and he gets himself into trouble sometimes for his actions on field, but I don't think there's any better you would want to be leading the young boys out there than him. He's clearly an inspirational leader, um, and I think if he can clean up his game just that little bit more next year, he will be another All-Australian, possibly right up there in Brownlow votes and things like that. He's a fantastic player, Toby, and we love to watch him.
2: Yeah. Just, just, just an interesting um, little fun trivia stat here... Um, <laughs> Toby Green 10 votes behind Josh Kelly for the Kevin Shetty medal Kelly obviously won it hmm. but Kelly played the five uh, five more games so imagine if he um if he hadn't <laughs> been a, a silly fool Toby um, <laughs> a he, silly he, fool. He, he, he would he would have won he would have he, he, he would have sw- swept Kelly in in, in the votes because he's, he's that good
0: nice spot on there doc well go, go over to you doc give us your your MVP oh, for the year
2: uh well Miller talked. Miller talked about um Hopper a fair bit. I and and so did I. But I'll I'll touch on Jacob Hopper because he's my MVP. Uh, boys, I it was it was a toss up between him and him and Toronto. I thought Toronto a much improved year in terms of being able to hit the scoreboard a little more consistently, uh, particularly towards the back end of the year. But yeah. Hopper led Hopper led the um the Giants in contested possessions. Led the led the Giants in clearances. Kicked ten goals, seven as well. Average twenty six point uh, four disposals. A game and and as well three three point one marks three point eight tackles a game so he's and four point three inside fifty so he's he's doing a he's doing a fair bit around the ground as well and I think for mine a, a well recognised year being in that squad of forty in the AA team. It's not it's not easy to get into that that final midfield when you've got uh, elite talents such as uh, Bond and Pelly and uh, Jack McRae and and uh, nobody else um, <laughs> <laughs> but but I, I think. Jacob Hopper is—he's a hard but fair player, and and you know I've always had my grapes about GWS are uh, playing hard but unfair, but <laughs> but um I, I think Hopper Hoppers a, Hoppers a brilliant player to watch. I absolutely love watching how he goes about his work every week. He's a he's just he's just a, a pure a pure guts and determination midfielder.
0: Yeah, fantastic call, mate. And Miller, bring us home. Who've you got?
2: Yeah, yeah look, both your candidates
1: are very juicy, jet, boys. Uh, look, it's it's a tough call. I'm going to go with Hopper. I've got a special place for him now in in my heart. I suppose pretty much everything that Doc said, but looking at some of the top, you know, his career best things came a lot this year. He had his most touches this year against the Suns. His most kicks also came in that game. His most handballs were against Collinwood this year, and his most marks also came this year uh, against the Crows and also career high in AFL Fantasy. So, look, career highs across the board, and he's only going to keep getting better. His ball use is just improving week after week and six months after six months and what he's done the last 18 months in particular to improve his game has been spectacular so he would just edge out toby for mine
0: no i like that call me it's a clearance machine i can't wait to see how his career keeps developing love yep. the young man um let's get into what the giants are going to be looking at for the next season boys what they need Uh, We know they didn't actually manage to lose too many players this time around, which is probably uh, a bit rare for them, (laughs) at least for Jezefin Layson making his way uh, across to Port, Mumford retiring, um, but really not too much else going on in terms of players from the best 22 um, departing. So it looks like as long as they stay fairly fit for mine, I think the Giants should be uh, cracking into finals again next year with the squad they've got. Miller, I don't know what you think if they need any any additions across the line, but I think a bit of consistency structure up forward would probably help. Mm. Um, we talked about Hogan being injured and some of these young boys not getting a run in terms of Ricardi and those types. So I think just consistency in the forward line would go a long way to changing how they look.
1: 100%. If Toby can stay on the park, and um, if Jesse Hogan can also stay on the park for a fitness point of view, that'd be huge. Also, I think as well, uh, getting Jared Brandon for nothing is, is a great get. Obviously, came through the Giants Academy many years ago now and returning to put back on the uh, orange and grey. So it's very good for him. And I suppose the key as well, Doc, is nailing this draft. You know, they've got two and 13, obviously in the top 20. But then 53, 54 are nice picks as well, along with 71 and 89 later. So, the key will be really nailing these first two picks. I think pick two, obviously, will probably bump down to roughly uh, pick uh, four four, as um, Dacos and um, Sam Darcy will go, you know, respectively to the father-son team. So... Look, there's great options there, which we'll, we'll get into the draft preview. I think Josh Ward would be a really nice fit for the Giants um, if, if he ends up going there. And, and pick 13 as well, Doc. You, you, There's some good talent that they can definitely nail with these picks.
2: Yeah, well, that, that's, that's the thing I'm sort of thinking about with GWS at the moment. I'm sort of in the process of finalising my phantom draft that should mm-hmm. be out in the mongrel um, uh, in the coming days. Um, pick two is interesting. I think it's something that they must nail. I don't know what exactly if it, if it's in terms of best available then i think Finn callahan's best fit in get yeah, callahan in, one i've heard the giants are keen on doc in in that respect wouldn't mind them giving uh, mac andrew a go i think he's he's a player that can that's got a, a lovely set of athletic attributes that can almost um play anywhere around the ground uh, i think the way i watch him play at dandenong this year it sort of reminds me a little bit about about luke jackson in a sense that yes uh, he's a player uh, as a player that's got it's blessed with a, a amazing athleticism you know if they, if they if they tool him right he could be a, a, a seriously lethal weapon um, wherever he plays but just as well they they're, they're going to have to find room to um secure their academy kid josh Fahey, josh Far- hey, i think is is how they pronounce it or yep or Fahi. it's it's a weird name I'm not I'm not very uh, we'll just but, call him Josh for now will we? yeah, yeah, we'll just, call him, we'll, just call, we'll just call him Josh um no but uh, I, I think he'll go after their um their first two picks I wouldn't mind them seeing um seeing if they can get a a key position player as one of these two picks as well I think especially with Buckley out for most of most of the next year um it it, it it leaves a little bit for um for too few you know Iden's there Davis isn't going to get any younger, um and as well uh Stein had a, had a good had a good had a good back end of the year as well he sort of he was sort of playing that sort of um that lockdown role pretty well so
1: I wouldn't mind them seeing them doc maybe trade Dan thirty into the twenties if there's a key forward or, or back that they like there.
2: Yeah, well, there's a few key forwards in that in that area that I've sort of had a look at. Van Ruyen's an interesting one. I've heard them, mm. heard heard them being linked to GWS a little bit with their second pick. He's a, a guy that can play both either end, and it looks like the way the way that GWS were lining up at times this year, they they look like they're trying to play tall ball, <laughs> trying to play the um the old cutting edge sort of ta- tactic. <laughs> so no, it's, it's 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 interesting. I'm looking forward to seeing how that how they go. It's, it, I think it's pretty crucial because. Um, Middle of the road for many of their stats. Many of their stats this year. I, I mean, eighth in the comp for points four and ninth for goals four, seventh uh, seventh for generating the most shots on goal, um, and as well thirteenth in the comp for marks and thirteenth for contested marks, which is a bit weird considering how you know, how tall they play at times. So mm. um, probably, probably goes to show they're maybe not
0: uh, like we said with their disposal efficiency doc. They're probably not using the ball as well as they could to get it to the advantage of these players. So yeah. maybe a couple of classy midfielders or things like that, like we were saying on the outside, to add a hmm. little bit um, of disposal could be something they could look at as well.
2: Yeah, well, that, that, that's exactly right, and I think that's probably where, and that's where Finn Callahan sort of stems back in as well. Uh, I think he'd be, I think he'd be a great fit up there at JWS, and yep. I, th- I think if. if I think it might have been you a year or so ago, Miller. You talked about the the draft, especially the early stages of the draft, being more for um, best available as opposed to the, as opposed to um, best fit. And if we're going on that respect, then Finn Callahan's the next best available talent yep. at, with that with that first pick. I agree.
0: Yeah. Well, let's give him a rating, boys, out of ten for the year. Um, I'll kick us off and say, like we were saying at the start, I did not expect the Giants to be near finals, I thought they were going to continue to fall apart a little bit after 2019, which we thought they, they really had last year, but um, they bounced back in the face of adversity, their depth was on show, and it, it performed really, really strongly, so for me, I think I'm going to give the Giants an 8 for this year, I think they'll be back up there in finals, uh, pushing up, if not in the top 4, up to the high end of the bottom 4, because it's clear that the depth in this squad is still really strong, and there's a lot of star power and a lot of talent there. Okay.
2: Yeah, very good. Um, you want me to go next, Miller?
1: Yeah, look, you take you take, take the stage, dog. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I didn't want right, to throw um, it to you again, well,
2: Miller. <laughs> didn't want to cop it for this one. You're
1: gonna put me in the pond again, mate. Bloody hell! Almost, almost drowned last time out there. So,
2: <laughs> Jesus, just got to the point now where Cat's afraid to just pass it on to Miller now. Um, <laughs> Uh look, I'll mirror your thoughts exactly, Kat. I think um, given the fact that I didn't exactly have them you know, around the around that top eight mark, I think I had them around 11th or 12th, and I'm pretty sure I said I hope Leon gets sacked, <laughs> at, knowing knowing me. Um, no, I'll give them a seven, boys. I was quite impressed with um, how they responded after a very, very slow start. I thought, you know, three and zip, um, I'm was actually starting to be, be a little bit fearful for, for Leon's job, especially after the, the, the Freo game where I thought, hmm. you know, one goal, nine, uh, and, you know, if Frio had kicked straight up in that first half, then this would have been a 10-goal loss. But um, I, I think the way that they've responded after those first three weeks was just absolutely critical. They, they, they won five of the last seven games of the season. That's including the two finals as well. So... Um, yeah, I think seven for mine. Seven's pretty apt. Uh, I was pretty impressed with the kids, the um, the, the progressive development of, of guys such as uh, guys such as Cumming, guys such as Aydin, guys such as Matt Flynn, who played 12 games um, after making his debut in the first season. Uh, sorry, after making his debut round one uh, this season. Um, I would just love to see uh, some some of their more small forwards uh, get involved a little more. Brent Daniels had an injury plate year, only the two goals from 13 games. Um. Uh, I think at his best he he's as he is as damaging as, as Toby Green can be, um, with, with with his speed. Daniel Lloyd as well, strange one twenty goals eight. Don't know how he's managed <laughs> to pull that one out. But Leo's Yeah, uh, no, he, he had a good. Yeah, he, he had a pretty decent year at times. Uh, Daniel Lloyd. So I can't can't fault him in that respect. And it's also good to see Sam Reid finally delisted. Don't know what he brought to this team <laughs> after all these years. Uh,
0: <laughs> Another one that they might sneak in the rookie draft, Doc. Don't be too surprised if yeah. they do. Oh yeah, don't
2: yeah. Wouldn't be, wouldn't be too surprised. Leon likes pulling this sort of
0: gear. <laughs> Miller, Brown's us home, mate. What's your rating for the Giants for the year?
1: Yeah, look, uh, it's actually a nice. The pressure not on me here. Look, uh, I'm gonna go. I, I, I like your call, uh, boys. Uh, they're both very strong. I'll give seven and a half this year for a team that I thought were in a bit of trouble early on in the year and some and some issues going on on and off the field with just getting the right group together and the and the right core going and. I know Alex Docky doesn't prove of the .5s, but uh, I can't bring myself to give them an 8, and they don't deserve a 7, so 7.5. And <laughs> I think, uh, look, we talked about the league, boys. Most competitive it's been probably from, you know, the top 8. You know, there's probably 14 teams that can make the 8 now and definitely going to next year as well. So the Giants have to bring their best again to try and do that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, no half measures, Doc. I know you're not a fan of those, but we'll take the 7.5 in this case.
2: Uh, No, it's all right. It's it's Miller's opinion, and and I absolutely fully respect it. Oh, that's that's very nice. He's feeling generous today. (laughs) <laughs> just, just just because I don't believe in the system doesn't mean uh, uh, <laughs> I'm going to trash your ideas. <laughs> I'm going I'm to trash Alex Miller's <laughs> ratings. Uh, good, good calls all around, boys. I'm I'm very very sto- very stoked to be uh, mm. to be sh- sharing the platform.
0: Yep. <laughs> well, that is going to be all from us on the Giants season review. Make sure you stay tuned for the Swans coming up next. We've got the rest of the top eight. After that, we've already cracked into it with the Bombers. Uh, so very, very keen on that one. Hope you listen back and enjoy that one as much as we enjoyed recording it. Make sure you follow us across all our socials to stay updated when all the new episodes come out. a 3 Podcast on Facebook and Instagram, at a 3 on Twitter. There's our email as well, a3footy at gmail.com. When this episode comes out, the draft is going to be right around the corner, so we'd love to hear anything oh. from you in that sense. Um, and with all that said, boys, very keen to chat a bit of Swam up next. Oh, swam! Get around him. I've been Alex Catalano. I've been Alex Miller, and I've been Alex Doherty. Get around Leon Cameron. Get around the swam next, and get around horse.
2: So <laughs> coming right up. Definitely get around horse and Dean Cox. Thanks for listening.